I promise. I'm really not looking forward to continuing to rag on the Pac-12, but if it has to be done, it has to be done. I'm Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports is how you find us covering uh, the Big 12 Conference. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being a part of the show. So here's where we are right now. I want to share with you an exclusive piece of information that I got that we got when it comes to Big 12's future, Pac-12's future, and what's going on with the Pac-12 in particular. So the Pac-12 is in a bad spot right now. We all know that, right? There are more and more signs that this league is not going to make it. This league is not going to last. Another sign came to me in an exclusive that we wrote about on the website this week. And here's what I heard from an industry source that I trust in a big way. This industry source told me, that yes, the Pac-12 is a fully remote operation. In February of 2023, you read and heard that right, the Pac-12 is working in a remote manner, a remote business model. Given all the chaos that this conference has been in for at least the last few weeks, but it's really been a few months, trying to operate a major organization remotely is a losing proposition. And the Pac-12 continues to just blast off its toes one by one. And this is another sign of what exactly they're doing to themselves. I don't know why they're doing this to themselves, but they continue to do it time and time again. So they're the only major conference, by the way, that is doing this, that is operating like this. And it's starting to show. When you think about what the Pac-12 has been through here over the last couple of months, several weeks, however you want to time frame this. When you look at what has happened to this league, they have been unable to keep pace in a very fast-paced world of college sports, especially a world, I mean, it's moving, and it's moving fast right now, and the Pac-12 is not keeping up. And I'm not blaming the fact that they're working remotely as the reason for that, but they have set themselves up to be behind the eight ball, and that's what's happening, it seems like, every time they turn the corner, they're behind the eight ball. So this isn't the reason, but it certainly hasn't helped them one bit. It has not helped them one bit in terms of trying to get ahead, trying to get a TV deal done. Look at what they've been through here. Look at the bad PR the Pac-12 has had over the last just few weeks. All right, we wrote a big piece a couple of weeks ago that had some exclusive content in it talking about how the Big 12 has surpassed the Pac-12 for conference hierarchy, and it's not even close right now. But you go to some of the other news items here as of late. The league cannot get a TV deal done. We know that CBS and Turner are out. They want no part of the Pac-12. They've got a ton of confusion around expansion, right? I mean, there's a lot of issues around expansion, what that's going to look like, what that means, everything else. Then on top of that, you've got the recent debacle with Comcast. Did you see this? So the conference, the Pac-12 owes Comcast $50 million due to its own incompetence. This is bad news all around. So basically, long story short, Comcast had been overpaying the Pac-12 for years on its TV deal, and nobody caught it. Apparently, a couple of guys knew about it back in uh, a couple of years ago, I guess. According to the Mercury News, two executives failed a few years back to tell the Pac-12 board of directors that Comcast was paying them too much money. And the overpayments went through last year. So now they got to pay back $50 million. Like the Pac-12 just continues to be its own worst enemy. And it's just horrible 
to watch from their standpoint. Now, from the Big 12 perspective, there could be a lot of positives that come out of this. A lot of positives. Number one, if the Pac-12 does ultimately collapse, guess what? Big 12 is going to pounce. And Brett Yormark has made that very, very clear. There was a new report this week uh, from CBS Sports' Dennis Dodd that the Pac-12, if it is doomed, if the league continues to struggle to collect a big-time TV deal, then uh, it is highly likely that, yes, the Big 12 would go after and would land the corner schools. You read that right, the corner schools. So what does that mean? Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah, as he notes, would make their way to the Big 12. And they have been the Big 12 targets ever since USC and UCLA bolted last summer to leave for the Big 10. Dodd reports that interest has picked up considerably, with the Pac-12 appearing even more vulnerable. Your mark wants to have membership in the Pacific time zone. That would make the Big 12 the only conference to have members across all four time zones. Adding the four corner schools, he adds, would also make the Big 12 the third conference with 16 members joining the SEC and the Big 10. Arizona would help the basketball reputation. Arizona State is a sleeping giant in the nation's 11 11th biggest market just outside of Phoenix. Colorado's a former member. That makes complete sense. Utah is arguably the Pac-12's strongest remaining football program and would give BYU a great travel partner and would bring in the Holy War to be a conference game. I love everything about it, and I have argued for those four schools. Since the beginning, I've been a fan of those four schools. They just make sense. I know a lot of you disagree with me, especially on Colorado, um, you say, you know what, forget them. I don't care about that. I, I don't. We've got to put that aside and do what's in the best interest of this league. You bring back some rivalries. You got Deion Sanders there for whatever that's worth. Boulder's a great trip. It's outside of a growing market, of course, in Denver. There's a lot of boxes that Colorado checks off that if we leave our pettiness aside from how Colorado treated this league 10 years ago, it'll be okay. And it will be better off for the Big 12, by the way. So that's a good thing. Um, a lot of people don't like Utah. Eh? We've already got BYU. The Holy War becomes a conference game. That's enormous. Do not understate that. That's a primetime game on one of the major networks. And Utah is, you know, if we look at it, I, Kyle Whittingham has turned this thing into a West Coast powerhouse. It's done a great job. Won the Pac-12 again last year. Upset USC in that title game. Played a great game. So uh, there's a lot to like about Utah. And then, of course, the Arizona schools, as we've noted, the Wildcats with basketball. And then, of course, um, Arizona State is, I mean, it is a sleeping giant. I think they have 70,000 students enrolled at that school. I mean, that's a monster number. That really is a sleeping giant. And for whatever reason, they just haven't gotten it on track yet. So it makes all the sense in the world to me from the Big 12 perspective to pursue that if that time does come. And, you know, Dennis Dodd putting out a credible report on that makes a lot of sense. And Brett Yormark has been vocal about each and every one of these things. Now, speaking of Brett Yormark, well, before I continue, Brett Yormark did join a uh, show the other day, and uh, it went, <laughs> it was interesting. Before I get to that, um, subscribe on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Thank you for being here. This YouTube channel has really exploded the last few months because of you guys. So please do subscribe. And if you're on the podcast, rate, review, subscribe. 
Uh, we've got free Heartland College Sports koozies when you subscribe on um, on the podcast on iTunes and send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. So kudos to Brett Yormark. He joined John Canzano and John Wilner on their podcast. Um, you know, there are a couple of Pac-12 lackeys. We know that. That's how they operate. But Yormark, he's not afraid of anybody, nor should he be afraid of anybody. So Yormark was asked about targeting Pac-12 teams in expansion. And he told those guys, quote, I'm not targeting anyone specifically. I've been saying it. I've been pretty transparent and intentional that we'd like the fourth time zone to create more value for our media partners. He said, would I like to be a national conference in all the different time zones from a geography standpoint and have our Big 12 flag all over the country? 100%. We'll see where we end up. Good for him. And your mark also um, went on the record to say that no one is fighting. There is no beef between the two leagues. He said, I have a great relationship with Pac-12 Commissioner George Klievkov. We have a collegial relationship. I've known George for years. I believe in this industry, you can partner with all your colleagues for all the right reasons. But at the same time, know that from time to time, you're going to compete. And that's the world we live in. That's the world I came from. He said, we're not going after the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is not going after us. The media has turned it into something different. I respect Brett Yormark a lot. But Brett Yormark has not had the success that he has had in the business world, in the sports business world, by playing nice. And that's not to say that he's a mean guy or he plays mean and dirty. No, 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 no. He's competitive. Those who are the best at what they do in any industry are competitive. And in a zero-sum world, and that's what college sports is, sometimes competition means if you benefit, somebody else gets hurt. And this is a zero-sum game. You know, this is not like capitalism where the money pot can keep growing. I know certain people view it as a pot of money and we've got to divvy it up, but that's not how the real world works. Capitalism means the pot's always growing and you've got to do what you've got to do to get your share of it, but it's never growing pot. College sports is not. There are X amount of teams. If you take a couple of teams, somebody else loses. The ACC lost when the Big 12 took you know a handful of their schools in Houston and Cincinnati and UCF. The Big 12 got hurt when Texas and Oklahoma left for the SEC. It's a zero-sum game. And when you're playing a zero-sum game, as the Big 12 and the Pac-12 are, there's a winner and there's a loser. And as we sit here right now, the Pac-12 is set to be a loser. Brett Yormark and the Big 12 are set to be winners. At least that's where things are clearly trending as we have this conversation today. So I understand Yormark's got to say what he's got to say, and he's saying the right things. But from the outside looking in, do I think George Kliakov, the Pac-12 commissioner, has a soft spot right now for Brett Yormark? Probably not. Why would he? I bet you behind closed doors, he's pretty ticked off at Brett Yormark. Now, he probably res- respects Brett Yormark, as he should, but I doubt that those two guys are going out to dinner anytime soon. I could be proven wrong. I'm happy to be proven wrong. Maybe they'll get dinner at the uh, Big 12 tournament in Kansas City in a couple of weeks, you know? I'll be their third wheel. How's that sound, fellas? You guys on board? I'll, I'll mediate the dinner. I got a couple of good spots in town. I'll take you. Uh, <laughs> something tells me that's not going to happen. But neither here nor there. Um, clearly, 
there is beef between these two conferences. I, I don't think it's just the media. I don't. I think it's pretty evident that the Pac-12, and the Pac-12 has been vocal about this, led by leadership, about the Big 12 potentially reaching out or trying to poach any of their teams. Well, here's the thing. The Pac-12 is doing a lot of that to itself. The Pac-12, as I noted, and as we've talked about, has been its own worst enemy for a long time. So kudos to Brett Yormark. He's saying what needs to be said. But do I sit here and think to myself, boy, you know, what we really need right now is to play nice with the Pac-12. No, no. If you want to compete on the same level, if you want to get closer to the Big Ten and the SEC, and that's where this thing is trending, then you know what? If you see vulnerability in another conference, you've got to go after it from a business model perspective. And your mark's going to do that. I, he can tell you know the two Pac-12 media goobers whatever he wants, but uh, I think deep down... Uh, and, you know, I'm going to try to get him on the show here in the next few weeks as well. Uh, so we'll try to get that accomplished. But I think deep down, he's probably like, you know what? Um, yeah, there's an opportunity here. That's a nice way of saying they're vulnerable and we've got to target them and see what's going on. So that's where things are at right now. Now, speaking of Pac-12 clownish media reports, a couple of things here to touch on. Fresno State. By the way, I'm Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Fresno State. There's this report from John Canzano that the Big 12 and Fresno State have had multiple conversations between Brett Yormark and the president of Fresno State. Canzano writes, keep an eye on Fresno State as an addition to the Big 12 conference. He adds, I'm told the Pac-12 has only intermittent contact with the Bulldogs. No visit, nothing planned. I don't think the presidents and chancellors, especially the ones a few hours away in the Bay Area, in the Pac-12, view Fresno as must-have. He adds, Fresno and the Big 12 are talking, though. That's, I don't believe this for a second. I, you know what this is to me? This is a Pac-12 media guy putting something out there to try to make the Big 12 look weak by going after Fresno State. You're telling me that with the Pac-12 on the brink of collapse... Now, Bray Ormark may have had calls with a lot of presidents, right? He may have had calls with the Fresno State president. I wouldn't deny that he's had a phone call with them or maybe even a couple. Why wouldn't you? If somebody says, hey, I want to talk, hey, let's learn something. One thing I've heard about Bray Ormark is that he is, you know, always open to having conversations and talking to different people and learning more about the landscape. I wouldn't deny that he's had a call or two, possibly. Do I believe for a second that the Big 12 Conference is targeting Fresno State? Are you kidding me? Yeah, right after St. Mary's School for the Blind, Fresno State's right around the corner. I Come on. That's not happening. This is a report that is meant to make the Big 12 look bad, and it's meant to deflect away from the fact that the Big 12 could very well be on the verge of imploding the Pac-12 once and for all. And the Pac-12 goes by the wayside and, you know, becomes Mountain West Conference uh, 2.0 or something along those lines. That's what this reeks of to me. These guys out West have been wrong for the last seven months on just about everything when it comes to the media landscape, the Pac-12, conference realignment, conference expansion. They have had a seven to eight month track record of literally being wrong nine out of 10 times. Why would we start believing anything like this now, especially Fresno St- Fresno State? <laughs> Who went to, I'm just curious, who went to Fresno, did Derek Carr go to Fresno State? 
Is he the most notable Fresno State quarterback or just player that I can think of? I, I got to believe that it's Derek Carr. Uh, come on. Stop with the Fresno State thing. That is just reeking of Pac-12 desperation is what that reeks of. My goodness, that's bad. So, uh, you know, it was out there. It was a report on Friday, but I don't, I don't buy it for a hot minute. I don't. Uh, meantime, I want to wrap up today's show with this, and that is the Big 12 tournament coming to Kansas City in a couple of weeks. So for those of you that know, um, by day I host a morning talk show in Kansas City. It's a, it's a news talk show, but obviously, you know, sports is sometimes news. So uh, I had on my show Kathy Nelson on Friday on KCMO Talk Radio, and she's the Kansas City Sports Commissioner. She's a uh, rock star, does a great job. Enormous amount of respect, not just around Kansas City, but around the sports world. You know, we've got the NFL draft coming to town in a couple of months. Big 12 tournament every year. They've got the Midwest Regional this year. So she's got a lot happening. So I asked her on my show. Um, I asked her on my show about Kansas City and just the future of this conference playing the basketball tournament in town. And uh, she was very, very, very high on making this a huge priority to keep this thing here in Kansas City. She told me, quote, we don't take this championship for granted. Men's and women's basketball is kind of our Super Bowl for events every year in our city. She said it's critical that our community continues to roll out the red carpet in March, that they feel wanted and appreciated, and then they know that our city is a powerhouse for hosting this event. She encouraged people to go to not just the Big 12 men's basketball tournament, but also the women's basketball tournament. So uh, she was very high on this event for Kansas City. Now, I'm coming at this to you from obviously a biased place, but I genuinely believe that this basketball tournament is best suited to stay in Kansas City. First off, if you've been to the tournament, you've got Power and Light District right next to T-Mobile Center. If you get one of these beautiful March days, now I know last year it was snowing for a couple of days of the Big 12 basketball tournament. March is hit or miss up here, as you know. But oftentimes you'll get these perfect sunny 60-degree days in March, and people are having fun. They're having a beer at Power and Light, maybe a few more than one. Uh, it is just basketball through and through. You have, obviously, KU in its backyard. K-State fans will show up in a big way this year with a good team. Iowa State fans always travel down to Kansas City and drink us out of bush light. It's just an awesome environment top to bottom. Everything about it. And I can't think of another city where it would come close to generating the energy, the enthusiasm, the college landscape culture that it entails it just really works, and it works incredibly well, and I think Kansas City does a really good job with it overall. Like, I know it's been in Dallas, it's been in Oklahoma City over the last 20, 25 years at different points in time, but I don't think it works as well. I just think that Kansas City is the perfect fit in terms of how the landscape is mapped out around T-Mobile Center with the Power and Light District. Um, the fact that the city, the community embraces it, it's in within driving distance to most of the schools especially the bigger baskets, basketball schools. Um, so I had this conversation with Kevin Keatsman. I was on his podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he, he thinks the Big 12 should move this thing around. You know, Salt Lake City, Phoenix, Dallas, uh, Orlando. 
I, I'm not a fan of it. And I know that Brett Yormark may want to go that route. He want to he may want to say, hey, I've got big visions. We're going to bounce this thing around every year, uh, kind of like you do the NCAA tournament. But I think Kansas City's got a great thing going with this Big 12 tournament. I think they know it inside out. They know how to put it on. They do a really good job. The fans show up. And it creates, of all the conference tournaments, outside of the Big East tournament at Madison Square Garden, which even that has lost some of the luster since a lot of the schools left in conference realignment 10 years ago. It's not the same, you know, not having Syracuse there and not having Notre Dame there and then replacing them with Creighton. It's just, it's not the same. It's not a knock on Creighton, but I've been to the Big East tournament. It's not the same. That's what it was. The Big 12 tournament to me right now is the best environment of any conference championship in college basketball. And if I've got that, I'm not necessarily looking to lose it. So right now, uh, the Big 12 is set to play in Kansas City through 2027. The 2026-2027 season. And then we'll see where it all goes from here. But uh, I'm sure that Kansas City will roll out the red carpet again, especially for uh, Brett Yormark and everybody else involved. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. Subscribe on YouTube. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Share the video on Facebook or YouTube. And subscribe on the podcast. Leave that rating, review, and then send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We'll get you hooked up with a free koozie. A uh, couple less shows, maybe one last show next week. I'm traveling, getting a little uh, little R&R. Going to hit up Florida before we get back and get into March Madness mode. So I'll be out with the kids, the wife and the kids, for a few days. But still going to bring you content. Still got podcasts coming. Just maybe a few less than normal. So just warning you of that. But don't worry, we haven't gone anywhere. And uh, still a lot of excitement to come. It is the calm before the storm. The craziness that is March. I'm Pete Mundo. You guys have a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.